Sony announces the A7R Mark IV and some new camera body rumors from Canon and a Nikon lens to be released next week. All of this on episode 30 of the Liam Photography Podcast. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 30. I want to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to us, which, as of this week, also includes Radio.com. The Liam Photography Podcast is now available to stream via Radio.com. I'm still trying to get something um, from Pandora, but I haven't had any luck yet, but Radio.com sent me an email earlier this week that the show is officially in their system now, so that's another another place that you can listen to the show. I did also want to remind my listeners that you can call and leave a voicemail or text the show to 470-294-8191. Feel free to leave a voicemail or send a text message with any questions you might have or a photography topic that you would like me to cover in an upcoming show, and we will definitely give it some serious consideration. I always love to hear from the listeners and any kinds of ideas or questions that they might have that could be addressed on the show. So feel free to reach out to 470-294-8191. And I also wanted to remind the listeners that you can join the Facebook group for the Liam Photography Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Now, it is a closed group, and you can request to join. You'll have to answer one question to join the group, and that question is, what is the name of the host of the show, which is myself? You can put Liam or Liam Douglas, either one, and then you'll be approved to join the group. Now, the reason why I did that is to keep down the spammers and bots because nobody likes it when those those kind of things infiltrate Facebook groups. It could be a lot of fun and a lot of enjoyment for everybody, so that's why we have the security question. Now, also remember, once you join the group, you're allowed to post five of your own photos every 24 hours. You can either spread them out and upload one every few hours throughout a day, or you can do all five at once and let Facebook create the little photo slideshow of your five images. Please do not share or upload work that is not your own. That will get you banned from the group. All right, let's get on to the news for this week. So this week, Sony has announced the A7R Mark IV, which is going to be their latest mirrorless full-frame camera, and this one's going to be a megapixel monster. This camera will be available in September of 2019, but I believe they are taking pre-orders now, and I will share the article from Alpha Universe in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. But here are the key features in the new A7R Mark IV. The world's first 35mm full-frame 61.0 megapixel back-illuminated Exmor R CMOS image sensor with latest generation Bionis X image processor. 15 stops of dynamic range at low sensitivities, resulting in smooth natural gradations ranging from deep shadows to highlights. High-speed continuous shooting at up to 10 frames a second with full AF and AE tracking for approximately 7 seconds in full frame mode. And 
an increased buffer memory and approximately three times as long if you're shooting the camera in crop mode, APS-C mode. Now this is huge because all the way up through the A7R Mark III, um, when you were doing continuous shooting, you could not use AF and AE tracking. They were not, you could not use those with the continuous shooting at the same time. So this is a big one for the Sony shooters. You can now shoot 10 frames a second with full AF AE tracking and it'll be able to continue that for up to seven seconds in full frame mode and three times longer if you're in APS-C mode, which generally probably means about 21, uh, 21 seconds if you're in APS-C crop mode. Now the camera also has 567 focal plane phase detection AF points covering 74% of the image area and 425 contrast AF points. Now the AF points in this camera I mean, that's a lot of autofocus points, but I'm really shocked that in full frame mode, they only cover 74% of the image area because if memory serves me correctly and, and people have been poo-pooing Canon and Nikon for being so late getting into the mirrorless full frame market, but my EOS R, if memory serves me correctly, has 100% coverage, I think on the horizontal and 98% on the vertical, or maybe it's the other way around. So I'm really shocked that Sony, who's been making mirrorless full-frame cameras for a heck of a lot longer than Canon and Nikon, is only giving you 74% coverage in full-frame mode with those 567 focus points. Now, if you're shooting in APS-C mode, it's my understanding that you have pretty much 100% coverage when you crop down. But it seems kind of unusual to me that they would give you 74% in full-frame mode and 100% in crop mode. Why not give them 100% in both modes? or give them better, well, yeah, I mean, you guess you couldn't give them better coverage in full frame mode versus crop because crop uses less of the sensor, but at least give the users 98% coverage in full frame and crop both instead of 74 in, in full frame and 100% in crop. That just seems weird to me. Okay, so now they're also gonna have the debut of real-time IAF for movie recording and advanced real-time tracking plus real-time IAF for still image recording. Now, on the feature side, uh, as far as crop shooting, if you're somebody who likes to shoot crop, you use crop body lenses to get a little more reach, the APS-C crop mode delivers a stunning high resolution of 26.2 megapixels. That's pretty darn good. I mean, that's a lot of resolution for a crop body. So that is definitely outstanding. And it has a 5.76 million dot UXGA OLED TrueFinder electronic viewfinder with outstanding detail, detail, brightness, and contrast. Upgraded connectivity and operability, including high-speed Wi-Fi support, wireless PC remote connectivity, FTP wireless transfer, faster data transfer via USB, and more. And I've also heard that this one has the newer USB-C 3.2, I believe, technology. Um which means it's capable, I think, of 20 gigabytes a second transfer speeds if you're using a USB-C cable, which is great if you're somebody who likes to tether shoot in the studio. Now, uh, it also has professional 4K movie recording functionality, including full pixel readout with no pixel binning in super 35 millimeter mode, S-Log3 HDR workflow support. It has multi-interface shoe with digital audio interface, delivers the high-quality sound recording with Sony's new microphone and XLR microphone adapter. 
and additional enhancements to the body design include an improved grip and button layout for improved control with compact lightweight body. Now, I know one of the things they did change in this that the Sony shooters are going to really like because I know a big complaint I've heard from Sony shooters with up to the A7R 3 is the, uh, the exposure compensation dial. Um, people would accidentally hit that and it would throw off their exposure and screw up their shots and stuff like that. Now, Sony, and this is something that Sony is very well known for when it comes to their cameras. They do listen to their users and the A7R Mark IV does have a lock for the exposure compensation dial. So you can lock the dial so you can't accidentally bump it and move it when you're taking the camera in and out of your bag or what have you. So you don't have to worry about any of your shots getting messed up because the exposure compensation got hit accidentally. So this is definitely exciting, um, uh, especially for the Sony shooters. It sounds like the A7R Mark IV is going to be a great camera. Now, it's not a tremendous upgrade from the A7R 3 So if you have an A7R 3 I wouldn't tell you to run out and sell that, run out and pre-order this one, um, just because it's not a, that big of an upgrade. Now, the one other thing this camera does have that I forgot to mention is this camera has two card slots that are now UHS-2. So both SD card slots are UHS-2 instead of one being UHS-1 and the other one being UHS-2, um, which was the case up through the A7R Mark III, which I always thought was stupid because if you want to shoot the both cards at once, that seriously show, slows down your camera because it's not going to write the files to memory any faster than the slowest card. So basically, with the A7R Mark III, if you had a UHS-1 and a UHS-2 card in there and you were writing to both cards at once, then even the UHS-2 card would write as slow as the UHS-1 card slot. And I always thought that was idiotic. I was like, why the hell didn't you put UHS-2 for both slots in the A7R III? Well, they have finally done it with the R4, and I know that'll make uh, the Sony shooters very happy. And of course, I did forget to mention earlier, the 35mm full-frame sensor is back-illuminated. So um, I know a lot of people are really into that back backside illumination in the sensor, and uh, this one has it just like uh, their previous bodies. So that is definitely going to be exciting for the Sony shooters. Um, like I said, if you have an A7R Mark III, I wouldn't recommend selling it, running right out and buying the Mark IV. It's not that big of an upgrade. And although... Uh, it's more megapixels because the R3 is 40, I think 40, yeah, 42 megapixels and the R4 is 61 megapixels. You're gaining 19 extra megapixels. Um, but on the full frame side, it's not really, I mean, it's not really offering you that much more. I mean, yeah, more resolution, but it doesn't really do you any good unless you're printing like billboards or something like that. You know, really, really large prints. Now, where the sensor does come in handy is if you are one of the people that I mentioned earlier that does like to shoot in crop mode uh, because you have some of the crop lenses and you want to be able to get or get more reach with your full frame lenses by shooting in crop mode because in crop mode you are getting 26.2 megapixels, which I believe is currently the highest resolution for an APS-C sensor. I could be wrong, but I believe that is currently the highest um, I think Canon's SL3, which they just released recently, I think it's 20 or 24 megapixels. I can't remember. But this one's 26.2, so it is a bit higher resolution than the competition. 
All right, so that's the A7R Mark IV. The next items I want to talk about come from canonrumors.com. And the first item I wanted to talk about today is the fact that Canon Rumors has been informed by one of their sources that Canon is planning to release an EOS M5 Mark II and an EOS M6 Mark II, and they're on, they will be on their way soon. Uh, Canon's expected to announce these new products on or around August 28th, 2019, and things have started to leak out. Whether they're true or not, we don't know yet. Um, it's expected that at least the EOS M5 will get a replacement, but we've seen our first mention of the EOS M6 replacement coming at the same time, so it's possible that Canon may release both around the same time frame. Now, they did receive their first mention of the new EOS M bodies for the first time in a long time, the EOS M5 Mark II and M6 Mark II, uh, both internal product name Project Nacho. Both cameras will have a similar EVF to the Canon RP. No crop in 4K video. No crop? You mean beyond the fact that they're already a crop body camera? <laughs> I don't think somebody thought that out very well before they put that in the article. And they're supposed to support high frame rates for slow motion video. If both these cameras do indeed get EVFs, then it'll be a form factor that will be all that will differentiate the two models, um, and it will be something new because uh, with most of Canon's crop body mirrorless cameras in the past, they did not include an EVF. Um, if it was available, you had to buy it as a separate component for an extra cost. So. It's definitely going to be interesting if they are going to include the EVF with both these cameras this time around. That would be great for the buyers of those cameras. If people like to shoot with the M-Series uh, Canon crop body uh, mirrorless cameras, that will be great for them. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if I believe that Canon's going to give away the EVF and not charge you extra for it. But And I have a feeling that if they do, they'll probably make up for it by raising the price of the camera. <laughs> so you'll just still be paying more for the EVF, but you'll be paying it up front when you order the camera body, and you'll get both at the same time instead of having to order the EVF separately. All right, the next item I have is a rumored Canon Cinema EOS C500 Mark II. Uh, this is supposed to be the successor for the EOS C500 and is expected to be released later on this fall, and we have some rumored specifications that have been sent over. The Cinema EOS C500 Mark II will have a full-frame sensor, raw internal recording, both 4K and 2K. The 4K is up to 60p, 2K is up to 120p. Optional XF-AVC recording in 4.22 10-bit, 4K up to 60, 2K up to 120 again. User interchangeable lens mount, which that makes sense. Uh, optional modules with EVF, Genlock, Timecode, 12G-SDI, and etc. EF and PL mount available. Both mounts will be available at launch. Power supply with the BP-A series batteries, an optional module for V-mount batteries as well. Optional module for four times XLR inputs. Backwards compatibility with the EVF-V70, the LV-M1, and some other peripherals from previous Cinema EOS cameras, which again makes sense. New media usage CF Express cards will be used in this model for faster reading and writing speeds. 
and it will also include Wi-Fi and IP streaming capabilities. So we'll have to wait and see if all of these rumors do uh, come to fruition when the camera is actually announced. Now, if the specifications are true, Canon is not yet moving to 8K video, which is really surprising because I know they've been working on it for a while, uh, which means the 8K camera used at the Apple event back in June isn't the C500 Mark II. It must be an altogether different model. So we'll have to wait and see how many of these rumors turn out to be true. That would be really, really cool for those that are into the EOS cinema cameras. It sounds like the uh, C500 Mark II is going to be a fantastic video camera. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of folks out there that shoot video. They're going to be excited to get their hands on it once it is officially released. All right. Now we also have a pre-order deal. The Canon EOS RP with RF 24 to 240, F4 to 6.3 ISUSM kit will be $19.99. The regular price would be $21.99, so you can save $200. Uh, with the launch of the Canon RF 24 to 240, uh, they're doing this kit combination, and you'll save $200 on the kit when you pre order now. The kit will begin shipping on September 5th, so it's not quite available yet. And this bundle also includes a $147.90 value uh, bonus value of uh, a Canon LPE 17 battery and Canon mount adapter EF to ESR. So if you want to pre-order that, you can do that. And I will put a link to the pre-order in the show notes if you want to go ahead and take advantage of that. That's definitely a good deal and you're saving a couple hundred dollars. Uh, from what everything I've read so far, that lens is going to be pretty impressive um, considering it's not one of Canon's high-end lenses, uh, but it is going to offer you a, a lot of versatility where you'd be able to carry just one lens and have everything from 24 to 240. Now, of course, the aperture isn't the fastest um, at f4 to f6.3, but it's still not bad, especially because a lot of times when somebody um, wants to have a single lens they can carry around, it's more like when they go on vacation or something like that, or they're a hobbyist and they want a single lens that will give them a lot of coverage for like their kids' sporting events and stuff like that, or plays and, and so on. Um, so it's going to be a great lens for that. Now, keep in mind, it's not going to be a great low-light performer. Um, so you're going to have a harder time if you're using it indoors in low-light conditions unless you can use artificial lighting or a speed light or something like that. But chances are, if you're taking it to a sporting event or uh, one of your kids' plays, they're going to poo-poo on you using a flash. So keep that in mind. It will be a great lens to use outdoors. And the rumors are the lens by itself is going to retail for $900, which isn't too bad. Um, but me personally, if I was going to spend $900, I would rather get the RF 24-105 F4LIS and have a, a really nice L lens that stays F4 throughout. Now, of course, with this lens, you're getting a an extra 135 millimeter reach but you're also sacrificing low, low, lower light capabilities um, because at the far end of the lens, you're gonna be at F6.3. So definitely keep that in mind. Uh, like I said, $900 is probably not too bad a price for that lens, um, especially being its native RF mount and has a control ring and everything. Uh, but again, for $900, I think I would rather have the 24 to 105 and then just move closer if I need uh, a better reach, you know, and uh, I'm, I've got 135 millimeters less reach than somebody else, but that's okay. I can just move up closer to the action 
and get the shot that I need. And I always recommend that you do that as well. You don't need to use a super telephoto lens all the time. Just use your feet. God gave you the ability to zoom when you're shooting. It's called feet. Move closer. <laughs> uh, all right. So now on to the last item I want to talk about in this episode. And this article is actually from Nikon Rumors. The Nikon Nikkor Z 85mm f1.8 S lens is said to be coming next week, which I'm sure that'll get the Nikon Z shooters excited uh, to have a nice 85mm 1.8 portrait lens. It's going to be a fairly good low-light performer at f1.8. Um, I do have the uh, Canon 85mm f1.8 USM gold band lens, and I really love that lens. Now, a lot of people will spend the extra money to get the 85 uh, Mark I or Mark II F1.2Ls on the Canon side, but everything I read, those two lenses don't perform nearly as well as far as autofocus, and they're not quite as sharp as the 85 1.8. Now, I have heard that the newer uh, designed 85mm F1.4 IS USM L lens that Canon released is much, much better than the 85 1.2s and even better than the 85 1.8. I have not bought that lens yet because it's fairly expensive and I don't do a ton of portrait shooting. I've already got an 85 1.8 and I've got an 85 1.4 manual lens. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I need. And then I also have the 135 millimeter F2 L, which is a fantastic lens. That is one heck of a good lens and I've always enjoyed using it. Now, one other item, I apologize, I did have one last item from the Nikon Rumors site. Uh, new releases and a discount offers Luminar 4 Topaz Studio 2 on One Photo Raw 2019.5. So, Topaz Studio 2 was just released and is $20 off for a limited time, and I'll put a link to this article in the show notes. Um, you can also pre-order Luminar 4. I don't have to worry about pre-ordering it because I'm a Luminar affiliate, so I always get the upgrades for free. Um, you can do a bundle pack, Early Bird Luminar 4 Special, where you get Luminar 4 and some of their inspiration looks, which are their presets. Uh, they're normally $89 for the Luminar and $49 for the presets, and you can get both for $59, which saves you $79 instead of paying the normal price of 138. And then there's a Luminar 3 plus 4 early bird special where you get Luminar 4, which is a $90 value, the presets, which are a $50 value, and Luminar 3, which is the current version, and that's a $69 value. So instead of paying 207 for everything in this bundle, you could pay $99 and get all of that, which saves you $108. That is fantastic. Now, summer special on one photo raw 2019.5 edition is on sale for the summer special at $49.99. Regular price is $99.99, so you can save uh, 50% there, which is a nice little chunk of change. And the On One uh, Photo Raw is really good software. I've tinkered around with it quite a bit. I do own it. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it supports my CR3 RAW files from the EOS R yet, so maybe this update 
um, will give me that uh, functionality, which would be nice because I do like using that software and I want to be able to use it more. But right now for my full, full-time real estate gig, I've been shooting with the, uh, the EOS R. And um, because now they're having us do uploadable photos on site, when we, as soon as we finish the house, instead of at the end of the day, they had us switching to shooting in JPEG. So it's kind of a moot point as far as that goes. But I do still like to shoot with the EOS R, you know, my personal stuff. And I always use RAW for my personal anything I'm shooting for myself or for a client outside my real estate work. Um, and if I remember right, the on one photo raw does not support the CR3 raw files just yet. Um, and I don't believe Luminar 3 does either. Hopefully our Luminar 4 will, but I guess I'll have to wait and see. All right, that's all I'm going to do on this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You've been listening to episode 30. Once again, I want to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might listen to us, which again now includes radio.com. Also, please don't be afraid to call or text 470-294-8191 if you have any questions or an idea for a topic you would like me to cover in an upcoming episode. Feel free to text or call and leave a voicemail. You may even get a call back from me. You never know. But, uh, I'm not going to guarantee that I'll call you back, but you never know. It could happen. <laughs> all right. I want to thank all of my listeners again for listening to episode 30 of the Liam Photography Podcast, and I will see you again next week for episode 31. <laughs>